It's the Dubai Property Podcast for news, interviews and market trends. And welcome to another episode of the Dubai Property Podcast. Talking real estate, of course, around the UAE and available on Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcasts from as we bring you the most real estate news and information around the UAE, particularly from inside Dubai every week. And today is a Sunday as our weekend continues. It is the 17th day for September. And if you're in the gym at the moment listening to the podcast or walking around, perhaps you're having your breakfast. Good morning to you. I've got another hot uh, coffee sitting in front of me, enjoying that on my Sunday morning. Of course, we are talking real estate every week, as I mentioned, bringing you all of that important breaking real estate property news and because we produce so much content you are getting the information almost as quickly as we can bring it to you and if you want to get the information that much quicker just follow the podcast from wherever you listen to us from and you will get the notification the very second we have released it remember multiple times multiple multiple episodes every week. Well, you might remember Lillian, who we have featured a couple of times. She is an Australian who is moving very shortly to Dubai to take up a brand new profession working in the real estate industry. And we will be catching up with her next week because she is on this very important eve of moving to Dubai. She has been invited to join one of Dubai's largest real estate companies. And we will find out the latest news from Lillian for what she is doing. And we also have this exciting news that she will be able to tell you next week, especially if you are a real estate agent wanting to move to Dubai. This news that she is going to tell you will be of benefit. And especially if you are like Lillian and you're wanting to start a brand new career in the real estate industry. But first, I thought this morning, let's just go back and refresh ourselves with Lillian initially talking about her upcoming move. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been working in architecture for over 15 years. I'm registered in Australia, but I've also worked in France and Belgium for nearly a decade. And I'm moving across to Dubai in, it'll be six weeks now, so the clock's ticking. But um, there really is a natural kind of progression to cross that career jump and go from architecture to real estate. I mean, I, I basically, I sell designs for a living every single day of my job. So I'm constantly doing presentations to clients and pitching every day I've got that spatial awareness and this design eye that I'm using and it's really something that I can bring across to to real estate quite naturally and understanding you know construction techniques and the quality of uh, how things are built and different brands for things such as you know kitchens. And I think really being able to sell that to to a client or understand what developers are talking about really comes quite naturally to me. So jumping across to Dubai uh, is such a city where things are moving really fast. Um, I just want to be part of that and, and jump straight into it when I arrive. 
Yeah, I think that's a really interesting, fascinating talking point about spatial awareness and in terms of product, building materials, all of that. I mean, you've got a massive advantage in this whole area compared to somebody that, you know, might be doing something completely outside of the building industry that has decided to get into real estate. So I think that's going to help you for sure. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, um, I looked at a statistic recently and in 2017, there were 6,000 active brokers in Dubai. And then this month, according to the DLD registration list, there's actually 13,623 as of this morning. So you're literally doubling your population of a particular career. And so you have to ask yourself if you're moving to the Emirates to get into real estate, how are you going to stand out from these thousands of people who are coming off planes to just jump into this active market? You know, it only takes four days to get your DIEI um, certified training. And then obviously you have to do the mirror exam. But uh, I really, I've personally asked myself, how do I stand out and use my architectural uh, background to, to compete in this market? We dive deep into topics like buying, selling, investing, and maximizing your property's value. From mortgage advice to the latest property data and trending numbers, your real estate journey starts here. And we also this week talked about being thoroughly prepared for when you do make the move to Dubai. Lillian, for example, as we mentioned, she has a job all lined up, even though it is commission-based only. But remember, you are in control of your own destiny in terms of how much income you are going to make when you are on commission. And I personally have always viewed a salary of working for someone as losing the potential to express entrepreneurial creative income. For me, and this is just my view, a salary stifles income growth and instills mediocrity. But I do get it if you have children and a mortgage. The treadmill effect, it can take over, which is why particularly in today's environment, you just got to really think hard about when the right time to have children is. (laughs) And of course, when it comes to children, there is never probably a really good time. And I did speak to Matthew this week about being totally prepared when you do arrive and land in Dubai. Clearly, we follow social media, right? So there's lots of people that move over. Hey, I've just come. I'm living in a hotel. Can I get a job? This still amazes me, right? Dubai is not a cheap city to live in. All right. I I think that the cost of living crisis across Europe has put it comparable to some products. You know, I was back in the UK only a few weeks back. And I think that there is sort of parity with some things that I was purchasing in the UK. But real estate, your rental, these are things that are more expensive. And so, yeah, contingency is something that you need, but you actually need to be able to pay 5% deposit on a rental, 5% commission to the agent, as well as, as I say, having those the money for the check payments, which could be one. So if you're looking at 150,000 dirham rent, if you translate that back to pounds, you know, that's in excess of 30,000 pounds for a year. 
have people got that? And you need to make sure that you've got that contingency if something was to go wrong. There are plenty of hotel apartments to move into, no contracts, but again, you pay a premium for those. But as real estate agents, uh, you know, we don't necessarily ask for proof of funds for a rental. It's down to what people can afford. More often than not, they're looking for something that they can't. And then we have to go through that journey of talking to them about areas that may be more suitable to their budget as opposed to living on the palm, which is clearly everyone's dream. Yeah, very, very significant, £30,000. So really think about that contingency. The second point I would say is all about, and you touched on that, Matthew, location, because Dubai boasts distinctive neighbourhoods. They're different, each with its unique charm. They're different amenities. You have to choose one aligning with your lifestyle, whether it's the bustling city life, the serene suburbs or waterfront life luxury, whatever it is, you have to be very well versed in your mind which location you would like to live in. And I'll bring you in on the third point, and that is legalities. Understand Dubai's property laws and regulations. Seek professional guidance to navigate the intricacies of the buying process, because everything, Matthew, from there will run a lot more smoothly for you. Yeah, indeed. I think, you know, buying a house here, if you're lucky enough to be able to afford one, certainly when you come into Dubai, is different to the UK or is different to the US and Europe. Here, once you sign the MOU or once you sign that contract, there's no real pulling out. You've put a 10% deposit down on the sale value. And that's non-negotiable now. Once you put that down, you know, you you really cannot pull out other than say force majeure, you can't just back out. So in the UK, of course, right up until you actually exchange contracts, anyone can pull out any one time. And then after after that, you know, yes, it's two weeks to what we call complete. Here, once you sign it, once you find a house and you say, yes, I want it, you put down 10%, you sign the MOU, you're in. There's no real backing out of that. Both parties have to agree or you lose 10%. Now, even for a modest house, 10% is still a lot of money. There is definitely homework to be done. People need to go into it with their eyes wide open. Even if you're renting, you know, the laws are here to protect the tenant. But of course, you need to make sure you understand all what's going on on the tenancy contract in order to make sure you're getting into something that you understand, as opposed to something that, again, is just a knee-jerk reaction. But of course, the laws are different. It's a different country. We have our own real estate laws here. People can do you know, the very best they can to make sure that they are on the right side of them and understand them. From off-plan investments to the latest development projects and luxury branded residences, we cover everything on the Dubai Property Podcast. And also this week, we looked at the cost of living because if you're going to move here, it's really nice to get a little bit of a sense of what things are going to cost you. And although this isn't scientific, it will give you, sitting outside of the UAE, a little taste of what the cost of some food items will cost. As Mario goes on a bit of a breakdown exercise to inform you on what you'll pay. 
Yeah, <laughs> the foodstuffs. Okay, well, without boring the listeners, I, I did actually look at basic items and compared the prices. So there's four or five items that I, I compared. Let, let's start with sort of semi-skimmed or low-fat milk and indeed uh, half a dozen eggs of medium size and quality. These two items were approximately the same. Of course, when you start looking into organic or me Amiga, you know, the free range, etc., eggs can vary greatly. And, and the same is with milk. I mean, now we have soya, oat, coconut, almond. I mean, the list is endless. All of these are higher in prices uh, for both countries. The UK fared better when looking at a standard sliced loaf of bread, for example, uh, and indeed uh, 200 grams of cheddar. Now, cheddar obviously comes from the UK, uh, but both of these items are roughly double the price in the UAE compared to the UK. Now, I don't know whether that's import costs or, or whatever, but cheese, especially cheddar, is double the price. So like I said, this, this exercise was to gauge the cost of certain items and services. If anyone really digs deep, there are always ways to make savings here and there. And where an individual shops also uh, obviously determines the cost of higher or lower amounts. And for example, getting a haircut uh, is cheaper in the older parts of Dubai than where I live in JBR. Now, this is mainly down to the cost of rents of the salons or the establishments where, where the salons are and salaries. So it's it's normal, if you think about it, that it's, it's cheaper in, in those areas than it is where I live. Currently, one litre of, of fuel in the UK will cost you £1.53. And that was the cheapest that I could find. In some areas, this is this a much, much higher figure. But in the UAE, it's only 55 pence a litre. So as you can see, three times less. And what about some of the services? Yeah, the cost of services such as internet, electricity, water, etc. are more affordable again in the UK. Here in the UAE, a typical three-bedroom apartment will probably set you back approximately 2,000 dirhams per month for these utilities. The bulk of the electricity and water costs do, however, come in the form of a housing fee, which, which is a form of a tax. It's actually calculated at 5% of the rent payable monthly. Now, if you were to remove this, the cost would drop down by between 35 and 40% monthly. And Mario, what about internet? Because, of course, internet is so vitally important uh, these days. How does that sort of stack up to the UK? I believe it's actually higher. Um, the figure that I gave you with the 2000, that would actually include the internet costs on a, on a monthly basis. But if we were to break it down, and, and I guess depending on what sort of services and what broadband speed you, you know, you're, you're requesting, uh, can cost up to approximately 800 dirhams a month. And I mean, that's about 160 pounds. So I would imagine that the internet costs, if you've got some very high speeds coming into your apartment, would actually be more expensive in the UAE than in UK. Get insider tips from industry professionals and level up your real estate game by unlocking the secrets of successful real estate transactions. Well, enjoy your Sunday, whatever you are up to around the UAE and indeed wherever you are listening to us from. Don't forget our email address. We love to hear from you. Our email is dubaipropertypodcast at gmail.com. That is Dubai Property Podcast at gmail.com. Have a fantastic day. Look forward to your company next week. Music.
The skyline is constantly changing, growing and expanding. The Dubai Property Podcast for all things real estate.